Welcome back to the XM Podcast. Here is your host, licensed mental health therapist, Matthew Kanabi. Well, welcome back to the XM Podcast. Um, if you haven't noticed, it's been a couple weeks since we've been able to uh, put out a new episode. And, and honestly, it's because we've had some scheduling issues and uh, some shows that I really wanted to do um, didn't come to fruition. And I don't know if you've noticed, but it th- seems like things are kind of amping up right now. And um, whether you're sick or you know somebody who's gotten sick, it just seems like there's a lot of uh, issues with COVID that are going on uh, currently. And that's why I think this episode couldn't have come at a better time. Uh, today, we're going to talk about anxiety and the difficulties of navigating life with some of the stressors and fears that we are experiencing in our culture right now. Our guest today shares some personal experiences and gives us his knowledge around leading a congregation through the pandemic. Uh, please welcome to the podcast from City Life Church in Philadelphia, Pastor Brad Leach. Yeah, it's great to be here, Matthew. Thanks for the invitation. Absolutely. So what I'd like to do first is just get a little background on you, a little bit of understanding of who you are and and maybe what got you into your your, uh, pastoral role and and seeking out ministry. Yeah, well, I've been in ministry for a little over 20 years now. I actually started... uh, When you were five. Yeah. (laughs) I look younger than I am. Thank you very much. But I uh, started a church uh, just outside of Detroit where I grew up back in 2001, the Sunday after 9-11 actually. Wow. And was there for eight and a half years, mostly single. Uh, met my wife um, about six years into that church plant and uh, we got married and had our first baby and then kind of started feeling um, like a change might be coming and a pull from the Lord really to start another church in the heart of one of America's major cities. And uh, ultimately, that led us to Philadelphia. Um, And so we have been there now for 10 years, been married to Leah for uh, 13 years, and we have four kids that are full of energy. Talk to me a little bit about the last year and a half. First half, maybe as a father. We'll get into the pastoral part, but talk to me a little bit, uh, having four kids with a lot of energy, what is that like? (laughs) Well... You know, the first thing that comes to mind is we took all that energy and bottled it up in our house mm-hmm. and didn't let them leave, you know, for <laughs> several months. Yeah. And so virtual school, you know, that was a new reality yeah. for Leah and I. Um, and, uh, you know, we love each other, um, but, uh, you know, take six people, no matter how much they love each other, put them in the same house without anybody leaving or going anywhere for several months. And, um, it was an experience, but, uh, our kids, man, they've, they've hung in there and, um, we're looking forward to in-person school, hopefully here in a a few months. Um, but, uh, man, had to learn how to communicate in a new way. And one of the challenges practically, even, you know, as I think about mental health you know sabbath has always been such a big part of uh my life and rhythm and uh it just became a a season where you know i'm a little bit more introverted yeah that even on a sabbath like there's nowhere to go and nowhere really to be by myself yeah and um learning to kind of just uh find you know peace yeah (laughs) rest in a new season in a new way was a stretch I, you know, it's so interesting. My, my wife is a classic extrovert. Uh, I'm the introvert. And I'm, you're right. Like, she needed, like, the people, like, her girlfriends, and we weren't seeing them. Yeah. And I needed 
space like <laughs> but but there is no space now it's like we're, the whole house is occupied it, it, there was it was like I, I keep saying this and i've said it multiple times it's like whatever your lo- your uh, your household looked like in 2019 it either got stronger or it got worse but it didn't stay the same you know you <laughs> yeah, had to navigate sure. things uh and learn from that you know and I, I i think um from my perspective as a mental health therapist marriage was one of the biggest things that i saw um that that really was impacted like I think a lot of people got stronger in their faith and stronger in their marriages, but then I'm also counseling people who I would have told you two years ago, this they're never going to get divorced, and here I'm working with them through divorce. It's just yeah. really, really different. What are some of the things as a pastor that you noticed? Uh, as a pastor, you know, I think uh, the isolation, the disconnection, it just goes against the grain of who we're called to be and what we're called to do. Yeah. And um, trying to create community for people who needed it more than ever yeah without um physical touch yeah was a challenge and then you add into that the um you know tension that we walked through you know in a city with a lot of um protests you know rioting racial tension the political polarization all that we dealt with you know as a society and the church exists as a city within that city um doing that in the context of that isolation uh it was incredible incredibly taxing emotionally yeah. <laughs> physically spiritually yeah how, let me ask you this how do you think it affected you counseling and man i just got uh, all kinds of all over the place experiences how, how did you handle navigate that well i think it, my first reaction to covid probably was aligned with my personality Mm-hmm. And that was, you know, oh man, here's a chance to change the world. This is once in a lifetime. Can you believe, you know, God chose me to live through this? And I basically, you know, kind of rose up and decided, you know, we're going to conquer COVID and reinvent the church. And that was my response for a few weeks. Yeah. And then I think as it settled in that like, man, like this is, this is going to, this is going to last for a little while. Yeah. And uh, this is probably not the season where we're going to like take all the hills. And <laughs> I, I kind of, you know, really crashed from some of that and came into a dark, a much darker place of, you know, just wrestling to surrender Mm -hmm. to the season. Mm -hmm. And I found myself, you know, internally, especially, you know, probably saying the right things externally as a leader. Um, but internally just kind of rebelling against really what the season was calling for and I didn't experience peace until I was able to surrender my expectations of what the church should be what ministry should look like to whatever it is God you know was up to in the season and um, so a lot of that I think in the midst of the wrestling for me demonstrated itself in anxiety experienced a lot of anxiety and learned a lot about myself um, how my body manifests anxiety. I never really had considered myself an anxious person yeah. before that, but realized that um, I have dealt with it and do deal with it at a much um, deeper degree than I ever realized before. And learning some of those signals, I think it's something God's you know been doing in me and teaching me. Yeah, I, I appreciate you saying that because I think it's important that um, I call it the island effect. Hearing another pastor go, you know what? I felt some anxiety last year. Yeah. You know, it's like we weren't created to to not uh, experience some of these things. And I think a lot of times, you know, pastors or people in leadership look at that as potentially a weakness. But I think there's a truth. 
like I've got 60 to 70 clients on my roster. And at the beginning of the pandemic, I have a three and a half year old little girl and uh, I was, my anxiety was through the roof. And, and I would have clients ask me like, my anxiety's high. And I'm like, well, the stimulus is through the roof. My anxiety is through the roof too and I'm your therapist. So we've got to figure this out <laughs> yeah. together because yeah. a lot of times, um, you know, we don't have answers yep. for things that we've never experienced. And anxiety to me is kind of the alarm clock or the warning system of the body going, hey, we're, we're about to freak out. Like, or should we freak out or should we not freak out? And yep. when you don't have an answer for that question, like maybe you should. Yep. I don't know what a, a pandemic's like. What, what would you say to somebody that maybe is still experiencing some of those feelings? Maybe somebody who's a leader, maybe somebody who's pastoring a church where um, there's so many different pressures that are hitting you from, from so many angles. Yeah. Well, I think the first thing I had to recognize was how, you know, my body does manifest anxiety because I couldn't, I couldn't deal with it until I realized <laughs> I had to deal with it. Yeah. Until I realized it was even an issue. And I think for me, I like to be in control or feel like I have a sense of control. Yeah. And when we were in a season where there was, everything was out of my control, it was just total inability to make a plan for anything. Everything was changing so quickly. Yeah. You know, I realized anxiety for me manifests in trying to gain control of uncertainty and yeah. complexity and ambiguity in my mind. You know, one of the biggest tip-offs to me now is when I when I find my mind is racing and I can't turn it off and whatever is the problem I'm trying to solve, I'm just obsessing over it and rolling it over and over and over and over again yes. around in my mind, you know. I found myself waking up in the middle of the night, you know, bad dreams, wandering around the house, you know, looking for <laughs> trying different couches, you yeah. know, going into our guest room like trying to find a place a position I could fall asleep in yeah you know I recognize just like when the weight would kind of press down on my shoulders things that in the past you know probably just felt like adrenaline and man this is the time to just kind of dial in and yeah. um you know with tenacity and grit figure something out I started to recognize no it's actually this is actually my body <laughs> yeah manifesting anxiety and starting to recognize those signs now has given me the ability to pause yeah and try to figure out what am I doing right now in my own strength outside of my relationship with God. Yeah. Trying to control something that, you know, the only answer to this might be surrender and trust. Yeah. So when you find those things, because I, I, it's so important that we recognize the body is constantly communicating to us. Oftentimes with clients, I'll say, were you noticing that? Where is that coming from? What do you think your body's trying to tell you? When you notice those triggers come up and those things happen, what what then have you learned that are that is helpful for you to do with that? Because one thing is to recognize it. Yep, I feel it. But now what do I do with it? I think I've got it. For me, I've had to reflect on some very specific questions to identify what exactly I am feeling. Mm -hmm. Because I think by personality, I don't tend to be in touch with my interior mm -hmm. world. Yeah. Uh, that much and so I have had to learn how to get within myself and identify what's happening yeah. um, on the inside so as simple as um, you know Pastor Pete Scazzaro has a little uh, exercise he teaches called um, uh, Beneath the Iceberg Yeah, and it's just sitting down you know with a journal and asking the questions what am I afraid of Yeah, what am I anxious about um, what am I happy about which uh ironically is probably the hardest one yeah <laughs> sometimes for me to answer um 
some very specific what am I angry about yeah I found that one is can really um, unsurface yeah some things for me because anger tends to be I think a, a real surface emotion mm-hmm. for me that is covering some deeper emotions yeah so just answering you know some of those questions in the moment okay what's you know why is this creating so much pressure this situation for me you know what's what what's the what's the thing on the other side of it that I'm afraid of that I can now in a very specific way um, turn over yeah. to the Lord? Um, you know, it, it, answering some of those questions at times during the pandemic, what what it did was unearth some losses yeah. that I ex- had experienced, some expectations yeah. I had for our church and for ministry that had been had, had become a disillusion you know a lot of disillusionment yeah yeah and that led to i just identifying it gave me the opportunity then to grieve yeah those that's, losses and so good. yeah that's good I, I i know when um clients will come into my office and they'll be like i have a lot of anxiety for this i'm like well, what's the question and they'll do that and i'll go what's the answer and they look at me like i'm like you got to answer the question you got to look underneath. I love the the iceberg thing because there's so many things underneath that are driving what's happening on the, on the above, and a lot of it comes down to self awareness and yep. being being able to ask those questions. Because a lot of times, I think people get to my office because they're like, I can't connect those dots. I don't yep. know how to. But it's amazing how many times I've got a client to go. I'm feeling this anxiety, and I don't know why. And then we go through a process, and they're like, Oh, wait a minute. Yeah. And then the anxiety goes. Yeah, it's like a decompression. That's right. One of the things I've had to learn is that unprocessed emotions don't go away; they just get buried alive. That's right. That's right. And then they resurface. Yeah, and, and, and so usually worse. Yeah, they resurface. You know, physiologically in my body, mm-hmm. they resurface. You know, can't sleep. You know, wandering around in the yeah. night, whatever it might be. And then they resurface relationally. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I find myself getting impatient. Yeah. With my kids, you know, with Leah, with our staff, with. Yeah. teammates that I love, you know, getting sarcastic, getting defensive, those things, you know, I've learned oftentimes are connected to deeper yeah. things, you know, beneath the iceberg in my heart that I've just been unaware of. But when we, I, that's so good, man. When we address these things, that's like the massive first step. And I, I look at uh, the, the beginning of Genesis and we look at these two, Adam and Eve, who a couple uh, verses before didn't even know what sin was. They follow through a sin, and the first thing they do is avoid. Yeah. It's like it's ingrained in us. Yeah. I have a three-and-a-half-year-old that I guarantee you my wife and I never sat down to teach her how to lie and avoid. <laughs> she just knows it. You know, Adam and Eve had no idea what sin was, and it's like, oh, we're going to hide from him. We're in complete communion with him. He's walking around the garden. We're going to hide. But we do that with our emotions, and the problem is that they become this monster. Yeah. That we avoid and we avoid and we avoid. I use the um, uh, the snowball. If you're at the top of the mountain. We want to avoid the snowball. The longer and longer you go, this problem gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, and eventually it's going to crush you. But we've got to turn around and face it. Yeah. Yesterday you spoke. But yesterday you spoke. I'd like you to uh, just share just a little bit about um, your topic and what you're speaking on because I think it was so apropos to what we're talking about today. Yeah. Well... I brought a little bit of Philly into it <laughs> and, uh, you know, talked about Rocky, yeah. um, everybody's favorite underdog. Yeah. Um, but you know what Rocky, what Rocky did best is, you know, he knew how to t- take a beating <laughs> and get back up. That's right. And, uh, you know, he never was the biggest guy in the ring, but he had the most grit, the most perseverance and, 
you know, was never, uh, even when it looked like he was down for the count, you know, was able to get back up. And, you know, leaders, uh, spiritual leaders over the last 17 months have taken a beating. Yeah. And I think something that's going to really point to our ability to bear fruit, you know, just in a post-pandemic context is going to be the ability to develop the emotional stamina to live in the midst of tension, (laughs) lead without affirmation. You know, we're in a polarized culture that's probably not going away. The harsh tone around us, the emotional conversations that leadership requires today, that's not going away. And so to be able to kind of live in the ring in the midst of the fight where when you're taking punches from the left you're taking punches from the right you know you're taking punches from every side um to uh be able to um you know stay in the stay in the ring that was kind of the heart of the the heart of the message yesterday and use the picture of paul in acts 14 came into lystra the crowd got stirred up you know some jews incited a riot stoned him took him out of the outside the city left him for dead some scholars think he was dead and that God raised him from the dead. But what we know for sure is that if he wasn't dead, he looked like he was. If he was breathing, he was barely breathing. Yet yeah. some believers got around him, prayed for him. Uh, God healed him. Mm-hmm. He got back up and then walked right back into Lystra, which, you know, I look at him, I'm like, man, that's a gangster right there. Like, that's <laughs> awkward, you know, to go back it's and face, for sure. face the tension, face the people that just beat you up and left you for dead. And yeah. I think one of the things in this, in this culture now, like we got to get a little more comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah. And we're living a lot of us now in zip codes, neighborhoods, communities that don't necessarily feel like safe places yeah. all the time anymore. But being able to just receive God's healing. And one of the things in that story that I love is that these guys, these believers, whoever they were, gathered around him, laid their hands on him, and you know he looked like a mess. Sure. He's just been beaten, stoned, he's bloody, you know, left for dead. And I think a lot of leaders probably look like a mess right now if we could open up hearts and get a real look at what's going on inside. Like, it it might not be pretty. Yeah. Um, But to let some people in... You know, there's still a. I think around every leader who may be struggling right now, there's 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 a group of friends that would love to get in the ring, you know, pour their faith out just for healing, for wholeness. Yeah. You know, again. Man, there's not a better time for messages like that. I mean, <laughs> yep. it's about as uh, poignant and 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 time sensitive as possible. I I just think it has been such an interesting time. Um, to lead people as pastors, to lead uh, in the ministry in the church, um, because we're, we're we are divided. I think you were you used the word divisive a little bit a bit ago, and you know our, our culture's been divisive for a long time. But the church, I haven't seen it quite like this. I mean, there, there's been something else that has come, and I think a lot of times, and I've had this conversation in a couple of our podcasts this week. Of there's a couple different directions we can go. And I think it's important that we recognize that there are some really great things that can come out of a, a, a time that we experience. There, there are things that we can renew. There are things that can be redeemed. Um, but we got to stop. Um, well, we got to start listening to each other. We got to start being kind to each other. We got to start understanding each other. Um, I think that's a big um, block that a lot of people are experiencing because they just want their, their perspective to be heard. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. Anything else you'd like to share with our audience? Anything on your heart, your mind that, that you feel like um, would be good parting words for us today? You know, well, one other thing I said yesterday that comes back to mind right now is that, 
you know, part of what we've been through, it's a perfect storm because isolation plus pressure plus cultural acceptance equals sin and shame. Amen. And even back to what you were saying earlier about Adam and Eve in the garden, you know, where does that propensity to hide come from? It's the shame yeah. that we feel that's so innate to human nature. Mm-hmm. Um, just terrified of nakedness, vulnerability, yeah. being exposed, yeah. you know, as frauds. Yeah. And uh, I think the only way we're going to be able to survive today and not only survive but thrive and be healthy and whole spiritually, emotionally, mentally, physically is to uh, break the pattern of isolation that's so ingrained itself yeah. around us these last 15, 16, 17 months and yeah. really create community. And it's, you know, community is a buzzword that we talk a lot about as spiritual leaders, but, you know, to all the leaders who are listening to this, you know, only you know if you truly have it yeah. in your life. And just to encourage, um, you know, those who are listening to this podcast do whatever you need to do you know to develop real meaningful genuine um vulnerable relationships that'll um you know prevent that isolation from from building steam in your heart it's good i'm not going to end the podcast right here because i i I, it popped right back in my mind you have a connection with emerge industries yeah and um i would be remiss if we didn't at least dive into that. Talk to me a little bit about your connection with Emerge. Yeah, you know, Leah and I, we had been married for about a year and God really started stirring my heart initially toward a change um, that ultimately led us from Michigan to Philadelphia uh, to plant City Life. But, you know, Leah, we had just been married, just had our first baby. She was kind of nesting and, you know, she was not thinking about, you know, a change of that magnitude and sure. you know going into a church doesn't exist there's no salary health insurance <laughs> like those are things that as a newly married couple you think about so we actually went to emerge for three days and our thinking was to kind of process the decision you yeah. know with somebody but what ended up and that did happen but what ended up happening that was even better and what we maybe weren't expecting was we were able to early on in our marriage just kind of learn some skills for talking with each other communicating with each yeah. other we i learned a lot more about her she learned a lot more about me we were able to take some assessments that just brought a lot of self-discovery yeah. um and self-awareness for each of us and and i think what it did is it laid a foundation um for our marriage that's been really important you know the last uh the last 11 12 years since then I love that, man. That, that's just good. It's good to hear that because, I mean, what we do as a ministry is we try to provide uh, a service for um, so many people that don't have access to places like Emerge. I mean, there are other uh, Christian facilities, but um, there's just not a lot. You know, there's not a lot of places. And the fact that Emerge has um, been able to make an impact on your your, your marriage and, and your ministry. because. Your, your marriage is so important to ministry, you know? Yeah, I'm grateful for it and just would encourage everybody who's listening, you know, find uh, find the help that you need. And yeah. if you don't know where to turn, Emerge is, Emerge is the place to be. Awesome. Man, thank you so much for your time. I know you're crazy busy and I, I know this, this whole couple days is a whirlwind, but carving out uh, some time to spend with me really means a lot. I appreciate that. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for the invitation. What a great guy and brother in Christ. I really appreciate Pastor Brad and the 
time he spent talking with me, not only about his connection with Emerge Ministries, but also the discussion we had around anxiety and the overwhelming aspects of what all of us are feeling right now in our culture. Here's my takeaway from the episode today. Stop avoiding the stressors, meaning we have to face our fears, anxieties, and worries. This is what it means to face the adversities in our life versus avoiding them. Sometimes we need to reach out to start that process. And if you feel like it's time for you to meet with a therapist, then take the first step and reach out to the resources in your area. If you need more information about Emerge, go to emerge.org right now. Thank you for listening. And please share this episode along with any other episode to anybody that you feel like might be on your heart that needs to hear more about these topics. Well, until next time, or when our Savior comes, God bless.